Welcome, everybody, to, you know, you know what I'm about to say, your favorite podcast Your in the world. favorite podcast. In the world. In the the world. Persuasion School Podcast. My name is Jake Savage. I'm joined by, of course, the beautiful, lovely, smart, wonderful, smart, intelligent, funny, wife. Wise wife. And your name is? Alexa. Alexa. Yes. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, a little bit about me. Very quick. Super, super quick snapshot. Because if you want more than that, you're going to have to read it in the bio. But the snapshot is I'm a former door-to-door salesman. For about seven years off and on, I knocked on doors as a profession making money. Knocked on about 100,000 doors. Transitioned from there into a sales startup. We did really well. I was the president there for several years. And just this week, transitioned into my own consulting firm that I'm in the process of starting be uh, a consultant for nonprofit fundraising. But this podcast is not for salespeople. It's not necessarily for fundraising. I mean, it can be for salespeople. It can be for fundraisers as well. It's for the masses. The Everyday, Joe and Sarah are my two example names. No, um, no disrespect to any Joes or Sarahs out yeah. there. No disrespect to you guys. But the point is that this podcast is for anybody and everybody that wants to be more persuasive. If you want to be a more effective communicator, to get well, you're smiling like you have an idea. No, I'm my two thirds. So oh. I was pressing my tongue on it. Okay, <laughs> I misread the signals. Um, anyways, back to what we were originally saying. If you are looking to become more persuasive, this is the right place to be. You know, whether you're trying to get the job, get a raise, get a promotion. Get somebody to go on a date with you. Get a deal. Get a donation. Alexa, what else you got? I hate when you do this. Really? Because you're just not ready with anything? No. Um, get someone to put gas in my car for me. Wow. Go to Jersey, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. If you want to you want to do that in Jersey, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, this, this is the place. So, what we do, we break down one principle or method at a time. Something that's easily digestible for you to understand quickly. And then, more importantly, actionable so that you can use it right away after the episode, in your everyday life. Yes. That's the goal. Now, what we want to talk about on this episode is a continuation of what I believe was now three episodes ago, where we started to dive into status. I mentioned that I wanted to do a quick mini-series, which is really just two separate episodes but then we had Alexa's brother in town, Grace and Chance. Highly recommend you check that episode out. Yes. Grayson, if you haven't heard of him, he's a well-known musician, music artist, pretty dang popular. Uh, almost like 2 million Spotify listeners. And he travels all over the world on tours when there's uh, not pandemics yeah. happening. Yes. So... Anyways, we chatted a lot about him building confidence before he jumps up on stage and how we can use his methods in our everyday lives to build confidence. And then, of course, yesterday's episode, brand new series. Highly recommend everybody check it out. It's called Whiskey Wednesday. Still part of Persuasion School, but it's just where we dive into a little bit more about my life and what's going on. So told a story yesterday. Crazy story. Crazy story from many years ago now. And I think uh, it's entertaining to say the least, but it's just an opportunity for people to learn a little bit more about who I am. But anyways, let's get back to the topic at hand. 
status. So I am really, really uh, enthralled by this principle that no two people can share the same status at any given point. And again, to reiterate from the last time, this is not, I'm not referring to class, I'm not referring to rank or, or anything outside of something that's just in the moment. So this comes directly from an improv theater uh, principle, as far as I believe, that's where I first learned it. And uh, the, the whole idea is that in any given situation between two individuals or even between an individual and an animal or an individual and a pet, or that's the same thing, individual and an object is what I meant to say, no two uh, people or entities can share the same status. So it, at one point or another, uh, or, or at any given point, somebody is going to have a higher status than the other. And this is Again, more in the moment, like if you're walking down the sidewalk, which one of you moves out of the way for the other? If you move out of the way, then you are adopting immediately the lower status as you give way to the other person. And so, on. The, yeah. Can you give an example of when an object has the higher status? Well, that's where I first read about it was in the improv book. This uh, professor would require his students to conduct a scene in which they had to have a dialogue with a chair. And so the professor would say, all right, I want you to, to have the same or, or to speak the same lines, but as though you have higher status in the chair. And then they would be halfway through the scene and he would say, all right, now stop and flip it. Continue the scene, but the chair has higher status than you. So using their body language and tonality, they mm-hmm. would give the status to the chair. Wow. Yeah, very interesting. But, of course, I read the book with the intent to glean some sales insights and in how I can just maybe, uh, you know, riff on the fly with individuals. Yeah. Yeah. So our first episode on status, we discussed your physical posture yes. or stature and how important it is to be at the same eye level as somebody else and how you can influence somebody else's status to be higher or lower than yours. And the idea is not for us to be of higher status the entire time. That's not going to work because we're going to perceive, be perceived as overly dominant. And we don't want to be lower status than our audience or stakeholder the entire time because we don't want to be perceived as a doormat. So we can control it throughout uh, kind of giving the status back and forth. And I, I mentioned the analogy, and that's what I want to go into further today. But I mentioned the analogy of a beach ball. So you're both passing the beach ball back and forth. And one person will have a higher status than the other person will have a higher status throughout the entirety of the conversation. And really skilled communicators and skilled persuaders know how to pass this ball, how and when to pass this ball back and forth. So the previous episode was on posture. Check that one out. It's called Find the Eyeliner. And then on this one, we're going to talk about things that you can actually say to change the status. Yes. How's that sound, Alexa? I'm looking forward to it. Because I'm wondering about the chair still. Really? Said, still stuck on the chair? Yeah. No, I'm not stuck. I'm just curious. They're curious. Yeah. All right. Well, well, for one, I think it probably has to do with the posture. Right. Yes. I think the language, too, though. And, like the tone that you're using Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. Yeah, 100%. And so that's what I want to go through today again. So a couple things that I'm going to go through. One, if you can tell 
that the person that you're speaking with, maybe it's your boss, you're trying to get a raise or promotion, or maybe it's someone you're trying to get to go on a date with you, or you just want to sell your idea. You want to get buy-in on your idea from your coworkers or your friends for something. If you can tell that your audience at some point during the conversation has higher status than you, like the ball just kind of seems to be in their court and you can tell you're not really making any progress. Again, you don't want to dominate the conversation, but you need to take that beach ball back so that you have a higher status for a temporary period. And then you can pass it back. So here are a couple quick ways uh, that you can take that status ball back. The first is to match tonality. Let me give you an example. I have spent the past six years training salespeople around the nation at Base Makers. We're an outsourced sales team for emerging food and beverage brands. So our salespeople go into about seven to 10 different grocery stores per day, trying to essentially just pitch a different brand. It could be an energy drink, a protein bar, whatever. And the goal is to improve the placement of that product, get it to eye level or bring in a giant display in the front of the store, whatever, right? So point is, when you walk into these stores, the store manager is who you have to persuade. And oftentimes they're busy. And so they would just be telling base makers reps left and right, hey, I'm super busy right now. I don't have time. I don't have time to talk to you. And then these reps would say to me, well, how do you expect me to do what you're asking me to do when all these managers are so busy? And I go and they just tell me they don't have any time for me. And I would say, you need to rip that beach ball back and take the status. Just, you know, not the whole time, but you need to do it right off the bat. And so when somebody says to you, hey, now's not a good time. I've got things to do. Come back next week. I would teach the team to say, hey, I'm in a rush as well. I've got things to do, but I really need to speak with you real quick. Ooh. Yeah. Fighting fire with fire. Fire with fire. You're still being, uh, by no means should you be rude or disrespectful. Right. Right. You're still being polite, but you are matching the tonality. Hmm. I told a similar story uh, from a different podcast episode here in Persuasion School about how I had, back in door-to-door, I had a, a homeowner very rudely open the door and with a high volume ask me what the F I was doing knocking on their door. And I don't want to swear or cuss back. I'm trying to maintain a certain level of integrity across the board, but I did match his tonality in volume level when I said, sir, how was I supposed to know you were asleep? That's why he was upset. Right. And immediately he deflated and took a deep breath. And then he said, you're right. What is it that you're, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know, you know, what, what is it that you're out here doing today? Right. So that's so you can gain status mm-hmm. or you can get the beach ball back. Cause I think Correct. in some instances when you match someone's tone, escalation just continues. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be a skilled communicator all around. Like you right. want to make sure that you can deflate it. So I'll match the tonality and then bring it down. That's thank you for pointing that out. Cause I never just come in hot and stay hot. Right. You know, if, if I'm, for example, training the, the team at base makers to go in, or you could do the same thing with your boss. If you're like, Hey, you know, I'd really like to speak with you about something today. And they say, now's not a good time. Well, I'm going to jump right in at that point and match that tonality and say, Hey, I know you're busy. I, I've got plenty to do as well. As you probably know, I just needed to speak with you really quick. It's pretty important. So do you have maybe just two or three minutes? So after I match that tonality, I'm going to bring it back down and I'm going to slow down the cadence of my speech. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of controlling and influencing the way the conversation is going. Gotcha. That makes sense? Yes. Okay, cool. 
So that's the first one is matching tonality. Another one I think this is very common is meeting times. This is a great way to, and I'll, and I'll explain, pull the beach ball back. If you're planning to try to persuade an individual, maybe you are in sales or you are in fundraising, or you just have a meeting with somebody on your team, whatever it is, and you've, you've dedicated a certain amount of time, like 30 or 60 minutes for this, something that other people will do that quickly sends the message. They, it's an attempt to send the messages that they have higher status. If you had a 30-minute meeting schedule and I show up and you say, hey, I don't have a lot of time today, but if you just want to kind of give me your spiel really quickly, that'd be great. And we can just kind of uh, you know, maybe touch base on this later down the road. Well, I walk into that situation and now you're higher status than me because your time all of a sudden became more valuable, right? right. And then I, you're forcing me into a position to kind of rush through everything that I had planned. So instead, I'm going to rip that beach ball back by saying, hey, I totally get it. I know that you're super busy. I am as well. We had carved out 30 minutes to connect. I really need at least the full 30 minutes because if I don't have that, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to fully understand exactly what it is you need and how I can best tailor what it is I'm offering in a way that meets those needs. I'm not going to give you some canned presentation and get out of here. I've, I feel like that's good just from the get-go because the whole presentation you're going to be trying to get it done early or, mm-hmm. you know, trying to skim through. So yeah, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, stand firm on that and then take that beach ball back, right? And then bring your bring your status up. Take it off with your hands. Mm-hmm. One more when it comes to taking the status beach ball is you may hear somebody say, hey, I'm not sure if I want to move forward with this idea. For example, in door-to-door, when I was selling security systems, I would be inside the home discussing all the different features and benefits of the system, going over the different areas of the house that it's going to protect for them. And if they started to get a little nervous, they might say something like, hey, you know, this all sounds great and I appreciate you stopping by, but I don't really know if now's the best time for us to commit to this you know, contract, this five-year contract. Well, they're at that point taking the status ball from me and they're putting themselves in the position. So in order to take it back politely, I would say, that makes total sense. But to tell you the truth, I'm not even sure I can give this system to you. you know, we're qualifying certain homeowners in the area to receive the special promotion. So I have to first call my HQ and check to make sure I can even give you this. So I know you said you're not ready, but I'm not even sure I can on my end. And then what happens? All of a sudden you see the status change and they say, oh, well, what do I have to do to qualify? I'm sure I could qualify. Really? Yes. Whoa. Absolutely. Absolutely. All, you know, I think that taps into so many other things, right? Like people want to be part of an exclusive group or a premium group. Right. But it was just my way of taking the status ball back. Did they tell you to do that or was that just something you did? Well, it's called qualifying in the sales world, but I was considering it from this status perspective. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So those are three ways. Matching tonality, the first one, the volume level while still being polite and respectful, and then be quick to bring it back down, like you pointed out, to to control like the the future direction of the conversation. And then the next one would be the meeting times. If someone tries to short you on an amount of time that you've already pre-agreed upon, 
stick to it and say you need that full amount of time and you're not willing to have the discussion unless you get the agreed amount of time. And then the third is, it's you know you could call it a qualifying, like I mentioned, or even a pullback. If someone says, hey, I'm not sure I feel comfortable moving forward with this right now, then I would say, hey, I'm not even sure that this is a good fit for us just yet. So you know, I see where you're coming from, but I'm not even sure we can even move forward in the first place. So I have to go through a few more checks. Something that like one's that. really interesting. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Just because it makes so much sense as you're explaining it, but I I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's worth trying. Yeah. You'll see it work. Yeah, you'll see it work. Okay, so those are some tips for taking the status back when you can tell your audience is trying to, to hold their status over you. But you don't, again, you don't want to keep the higher status the entire time. There are times where you need to intentionally give it back to them. They need to feel as though they have skin in the game. They need to feel empowered. They need to feel respected. So you need to know when to give that status back. So there are times in a conversation, a sales conversation, where I can tell it feels like I have the upper hand. And I can't let it stay this way for too long or else they'll start to feel like this is a win-lose situation. Like, I don't want Jake to walk all over me. You know, I better I better put my guard up and say no. If I get the sense that I'm, I've had the upper hand or the higher status for too long during a conversation, I'm going to intentionally give it back. I'm going to pass that status beach ball back over. So the first way that I do that is by stating any limitations that I have or maybe vulnerabilities. So I might say something like, hey, you know, I'm not too familiar with this particular aspect of X, but I know you are, you know, how does this sound to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give them the status ball back and that empowers them. Pretty simple. Right. Yeah. The next one is to acknowledge their ownership over a particular domain, right? Through the form of a question. And again, think about this as it pertains to selling your ideas to coworkers or to your boss or whatever it is. But for me with door to door, you know, I would say something along the lines, if I got the feeling that I needed to pass that ball back to them, I would say, hey, you know, you're the king of the castle here. This is your house. What do you think about putting something here? What do you think about everything that we've been discussing so far? How do you think this would work in your home? You know, you know this better than I do. How do your neighbors, how do you think your neighbors would respond to what we're doing out here? What our company's doing out here? You obviously know the area far better than I do. Just acknowledging their ownership of a particular domain. Okay. Yeah. So you're just kind of giving them that respect. All of these are questions. You need to be asking questions because just the fact that you're asking a question implies that you don't have the answer, but you know they have the answer. So that's giving them the status ball. Okay. The third is through a final way to ask or close something. For example, I would never want to ask my boss, hey, would you be willing to give me a eight per, an 8% raise, right? Because, or what do you guys think about moving forward with my idea? You know, if you were saying that to your team or would you be willing to move forward today and buy this product? Or would you be willing to donate to our campaign today? That is a very straightforward question. It's bold. I think it's better than not asking anything at all. But when you ask, sometimes that's when tension can arise between you and the other person. And sometimes it feels like you might have a higher status and when the when you need the other person to make a decision especially one that's in your favor you want them to feel like they are in complete control 
Because if they feel as though they don't have control, tension and anxiety will start to arise as they hope to protect themselves and prevent a win-lose situation in which they lose. So again, if somebody needs to make a decision that's in your favor, they need to be in control. And if you're a skilled communicator, you can give them that control when they need it the most. And, and it's during this time where you can provide two options. So instead of saying, hey, what do you think about moving forward today? Would you be willing to buy this? I would say something. First, I'm going to frame it as a hypothetical question. Hey, if we were going to move forward, what do you think would make the most sense? Because, you know, this is your house, right? Would you want to do option A? Or do you think, again, if we were to do this, do you think option B would be a little bit better? So I framed it as a hypothetical question to reduce tension and anxiety. And then I've provided two options acknowledging that they're the ones with the power and the ability to choose and they're going to know better for themselves. And then if they choose one of the options, they've converted it from hypothetical to literal, not me. That was all they're doing. And so now it feels much more like a win-win situation. Hmm. They can still decline. If they don't want to do it, they can say no. But you're at least framing it in a, it's like instead of just going from A to B, you know, most people might expect you to go from A to B and they say, nope, I'm not going to, not going to let some salesperson, uh, you know, convince me to do something today. But if you go from A to C to B, you take a different route, all of a sudden it's fine. People are just trying to protect themselves, right? It's like this, this phrase in sales, nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy. Hmm. Now, obviously, it's just a phrase, not not certainly not a fact, but I think it's a good thing to remember. And it's the same thing I've said on previous episodes where maybe your boss probably does want to help you. Your friends probably do want to help you. Your partner, your kids, people do want to see you succeed, but they're going to have their guards up if they feel like they're being taken advantage of. So just what we're talking about here is helping them to realize you're not trying to take advantage of them. This is you're trying to create a win win situation. Okay. So there you have it. You do Again, just to recap here, you do not want to maintain a higher status the entire time. Your audience will feel overpowered and will feel as though they're not in control and their, their guard will go up so that they can prevent themselves from being taken advantage of. You don't want to be lower status the entire time because then your audience can just walk right all over you and easily say no and you're never going to get what you want. So we're passing that status ball back and forth. Would you recommend people continually continually check themselves on this like is this something you do when you're in a conversation yeah i mean at this point i'm thinking about it all the time i i mean i guess i just feel it i can feel if i i mean i know when i have a higher status and when i have a lower status and i want to be mindful of that at all times and plus i just want to be respectful anyways yeah you know Yeah, I don't want people to feel, I want people to feel good about themselves when they talk to me. Just a personal, you know, philosophy I have. I want people to feel good about themselves after walking away from having a conversation with me. People don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. Oh, wow. Dropping some knowledge. Is that Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh, I hope so. I don't remember. I think it might be. We'll have to. I just remember how the quote made me feel. What? Oh, 
Well, she was on to something. We'll have to she double check was. if it was her. But that's that's true. Yeah, so I am aware I of that was, when I'm yeah. when I'm speaking to people. Yeah, you do want to keep yourself in check. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to try to keep yourself in check. Because if you're always walking around as though you have the upper hand and the higher status, nobody's going to want to ever work with you or right. even be friends with you. Yeah. And if you've got the lower status, you're going to have confidence issues and people aren't going to want to uh, buy into what it is that you're trying to sell because they'll think that you're not even sold on it yourself. Yes. Yeah. So natural selection will occur and take place. As it has. As it has. All right. Wraps it up for today. Hey, guys, if you're r- real quick, real quick here, real quick here, a couple new things. If you happen to come from the nonprofit world and you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that I am extremely passionate about helping nonprofit fundraising teams be more effective. And I do that by leveraging corporate sales methods to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations, basically. So just quick plug for you guys. You can jump on my website. It's jakesavage.co. And if you're not in the nonprofit space, maybe you're a salesperson or you're just an entrepreneur and you're looking to improve and strengthen your ability to communicate, we'd love for you to reach out. Happy to answer any questions. Available for coaching as well. And I think the best place to reach out to me would be Instagram. I'm far too active on there. It's at it's Jake Savage, and you can send me a quick DM. That's also just the place to go if you're looking for more content on persuasive communication. That or LinkedIn these days. Yeah, Spending these days. a lot of time on the LinkedIn. I feel like it's important to mention we're recording in our car as well. Um, Is it? I mean, I feel like I've moved. Yeah. And the chair's squeaky and... That's what you got to do when you have a baby. Yeah. You leave the baby in the house by herself and you go record in the car. Whatever for the podcast. <laughs> I think for the podcast. Anything. Just kidding. Alexa's mom was in town and she's watching her. She is. So. She's been crazy helpful. Yes. Cool. That wraps it up up if you try this which i hope you will i'd love to hear how it went just drop me a line let me know if you got any questions keep me posted also please submit if you want to hear a certain uh persuasive topic if you want to learn more that is such a great thing to bring up i totally forgot yeah Yeah, if you do have a question go ahead and reach out people do i get uh, dms from persuasion school listeners around the world actually Really cool. Very cool. Yeah. So feel free to shoot me a message. All right, guys. That's it. Appreciate you listening. Catch you next time. Nice. Bye.